I ask you to speak today. Speak to us, Lord, that we might understand your word. God, that we might hear a voice from heaven. Well, we're in the midst of uh, a lot of difference. Uh, some of us don't have jobs. Some of us, uh, some of us who do have jobs are having to do them in a different way. Some of us are having to stay home all the time because our doctors have told us. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, speak to us today a word of hope, encouragement, a message of your love for us, Lord. Just like that song we sang, your love ran red on the cross. Help us to understand that a little better today, God, that it might change us, that it might equip us, it might empower us to live our life on this earth. It's a more clear reflection of you. That we might love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbor as ourself. Move us, Lord. Use us. We love you. Amen. Amen. I invite you to make sure you stick around to the very end today because uh, I have a... I want to tell you about a new ministry, something that we're going to do during this, this season of this coronavirus, how we as a church here in Rock Hall are going to respond, planning to respond to it. Uh, so please stick around to the end and, and, uh, and hear how you might be able to play a part in it, all right? Well, let's dig in. Uh, as, a, as a pastor and a father, I get plenty of opportunities to, to tell stories about my kids, and, and sometimes they don't want me to, uh, but sometimes I do it anyway because the story is just so perfect. One of those is those one I'm going to tell today. A uh, long time ago, uh, when our son was young, our, our neighbor comes and knocks on the door. And he says, uh, hey, have you seen Kyle? And I'm like, uh, no, I haven't seen Kyle. And he's <laughs> like, what's going on? And it's like 8 or 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. He usually doesn't come over then. And uh, he said, well, my son just came home and he's he doesn't have any clothes on. <laughs> we're, we're like, there's a story there. And he said, yeah, there's a story there. And just... Uh, Keep an eye on, keep watching out for Kyle. So we, we were looking for our son. We were looking for him, and he showed up while our neighbor was still there before he left. And uh, he, Kyle, is soaking wet. His hair's wet. His clothes are wet. He's and uh, we're like, where have you been? You know, we don't have a swimming pool, so we're like, where have you been? And Mr. Charles says, so they, your neighbor called. Uh, apparently, they've been they've been swimming in the pool uh, without permission, and the neighbor caught him. And when they were trying to get away, one of the boys, I don't know how he managed to do it, but he ran out of his bathing suit. So <clears throat> we asked Kyle, Kyle, are you, were you swimming in their pool? And he says, no, Dad, I wasn't. And I'll remind you, he's standing in our front door and he's dripping wet. No, Dad, I wasn't swimming in the pool. And I said, so what were you doing? And he said, well, I went in the pool to get Austin's shorts, but I wasn't swimming. <laughs> we were like... <laughs> Whatever you were in the pool, right? Yeah, I was in the pool, but I wasn't swimming. I wasn't there to. I wasn't there to have fun. I guess is what he was trying to say. We were like, just go to your room. We'll sort this out. So he goes to his room, and we are having a really hard time not laughing about this because it's silly, right? That he he got caught. He did something he wasn't supposed to do, and it's just comical. And he's hiding. He's denying it, even though he's dripping wet and carrying his friend's shorts. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Like, sometimes the mistakes of our kids are just downright funny. And sometimes they're not so funny, but usually they are when they're young. That their mistakes are just funny. And they're kind of cute, and they're silly. But I don't think they're that way to God. I don't think our mistakes are silly to God. Especially once we 
come to be adults. Uh, he probably does see some humor in children, but when we become adults, I don't think our sin is comical anymore. That's what our passage in today is all about. John chapter 19, we pick up where Jesus is still on the cross, uh, nailed in the place of our suffering. For our, for our sin, he is suffering, rather. We're in John chapter 19, uh, verses 25 is where we're starting. Uh, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses here, and then we're going to talk about it, all right? You join me. As we talk about the death of death itself. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here's your son. And to the disciple he said, Here's your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Here's Jesus on death's doorstep. And what's he doing? He's worried about somebody else. That's the way Jesus' whole life was lived for others. We talked about that last week, that Jesus lived his whole life for others. And here he is, his death is for others as well. He's always putting others first. His dying wish that, his, that others would be cared for. And here in 28, at the very end, Jesus was focused on others. Yes, he was. In verse 28, Later, knowing that everything had been finished, so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. It is finished. What is it that Jesus finished here? Excuse me. What is the it? Well, if you don't know, I'll tell you. The it is the rule of sin. The rule of sin in this world. Jesus defeated it. You see, sin entered the world, you know, back in creation where Adam and Eve chose to do to live their way and not God's way, right? That he told them not to eat of that plant, that tree, and they did. They chose to do their own thing, and in that moment, creation, the order of creation, that God's plan for the world was broken. But he wasn't finished. God wasn't finished. He decided, he determined to, to make, to establish a covenant people, to choose people whom he would forgive. And he would give them the means to receive that forgiveness. But even the, that couldn't stop sin. They, they could ask for forgiveness again and again and again, but they could never stop sin. Jesus, you see, came to defeat sin and its effects in our life, death. He came to overcome it. Listen to these passages of Scripture. Uh, if you're... If you're watching this online, and most of you are, if you're if you're on our website, then you can you can use the little Bible app that's there in the menu there on the right. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 
and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them by the cross. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Mm, mm, mm. And finally, 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, Jesus' death shows us the seriousness of our sin. The seriousness of our sin, that our sin required death. We don't think of our sin as being that big of a deal. I mean, most of us think of our sins as being pretty small things, actually. You know, I just speed, or, or I just, uh, just cheated on my taxes, or, you know, just little things. But the small ones, the big ones, all of them, Jesus died for them. They were all sufficient to require his death. But because every sin is short of God's desire for us. You see, what is God's desire for you? Do you know that? Do you know what God's desire for you is? It's for you to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That's his desire for you. And anything short of that, anything short of that is sin. Sin. Throughout scripture, God has called his people to repentance. But in order for the relationship to be restored, there had to be a there had to be a, 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 a restoration. And God provided that restoration. The means for that, through Christ on the cross. That our relationship with him, with him would be restored. Because, you see, the sacrifices that the Israelites had made for hundreds of years never addressed sin in whole, as Jesus did. As a perfect sacrifice. I'm thankful that God takes my sin, your sin, so serious. But if I have to be honest, and I do have to be honest, the way God deals with my sin makes me very uncomfortable. Makes me very uncomfortable. It's the way it was in our text today as well. In John 19, 31-37, it was a day of preparation. And the next day was to be a special Sabbath the Passover. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead, and they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony. And his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies. And get this, this is the whole point of the Gospel of John. So that you may also believe. These things happen 
so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken, was the prophecy of the Messiah. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. See, Jesus' death makes us uncomfortable, and it should. His death should make us uncomfortable because it was, it was awful. It was awful. It's a hard scene. And fortunately, John, he spares us a lot of the gory details, thankfully. But even still, it's hard to visualize a crucifixion like this. It's just hard to look at. Several years ago, I, I was in Guatemala and visited several Catholic sanctuaries while we were there. And one of them, I'll never forget, big, beautiful, it was yellow, it was gorgeous. Uh, as we... We walked in, you know, you saw the big ornate altar area and uh, the crucifix, large crucifix hanging from the ceiling. It's beautiful. On the way out, though, was probably what was most remarkable to me. Something I've never seen before in a church. Um, on one side of the aisle leaving um, by the rear entrance, uh, there was there was like a, a wax model. It wasn't wax, but it was like a model of Jesus on the cross. He was a full-size man on the cross, uh, crown of thorns, the lashes on his back, everything. <clears throat> and immediately on the other side of the aisle, on the other side, um, there was uh, the empty tomb carved out of stone. So you had one side was the resurrection, the other side was the crucifixion. Every time you came into, what, what struck me was every time coming into and out of that church, you had to walk through this crucifixion, resurrection, as though you were confronted by them both. You couldn't miss them. You couldn't avoid them if you came in or left. We as Protestants, Methodists, we use a cross and a flame, but our cross doesn't have Jesus on it. That's the Catholic cross with the crucifix. <clears throat> Protestants haven't done that. Um, I think because oftentimes, and if I were to be honest, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with seeing Jesus on the cross. I want to see him. I want to know him resurrected, and that's important to, to see him resurrected. But we can't miss the crucifixion either. If we miss the thing that makes us uncomfortable. If we miss the thing that, looking at the cross, that makes us very uncomfortable, if we miss that, if we just gloss right, if we just move right by it, like, like we're moving on to the, we move past the pain, we're going to move right on into the, the Passover as, the, as the, the Jewish leaders were going to do here in the story. We miss what God was accomplishing in our lives. And I don't want you to miss it. So if you have little ones, uh, you might want to filter this part, but... I want you to watch something here on the screen. Uh, I pray that you're able to see it all, but it's from the, the Gospel of John, the video from the Gospel Project. Uh, watch this. By now, everything had been completed. And in order to make the scripture come true, he said, I am thirsty. bowls there, full of cheap wine. So a sponge was soaked in the wine, put on a stalk of hyssop, and lifted up to his lips. 
Jesus drank the wine. It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Then the Jewish authorities asked Pilate to allow them to break the legs of the men who had been crucified and to take the bodies down from the crosses. They requested this because it was Friday. And they did not want the bodies to stay on the crosses on the Sabbath, since the coming Sabbath was especially holy. So the soldiers went and broke the legs of the first man and then of the other man who had been crucified with Jesus. Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they did not break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, plunged his spear into Jesus' side. And, and we don't want to think of someone having to die like that for us, for me, right? I don't. I, I hate to imagine that. Why? Why did Jesus have to die? In order to understand that, I believe we need to spend some time. And for, unfortunately, we're not going to take a lot of time today. But to looking at God's character, who is God? First of all, God is holy. He's perfectly holy. He is pure. And then by that, he cannot, he will not be around things that are impure. And we're sinful. And it's just like me hugging my son when he was soaking wet at the door. I, I'm going to get wet, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get his muck, his, his mess on me. And, and God, he's holy. That can't happen. Secondly, God is just. He's just. And what that means is that he's, completely like like he he, he judges sin ju in a just way he doesn't over punish he doesn't under punish he he does the right thing always always he's perfectly just he always does the right thing and third he's perfectly loving he's perfectly loving and that's what we see in the cross here i believe it's like that song we sang you know love ran red that Jesus' death, he shows us the depth of God's love for us. That that's just how much 
God loved for us. Just what we saw in that video, that's how much God loves us. So much that he gave his son for you, for me. He allowed him to die for you in your place that you might live with him forever. He sent his son, Jesus, to the world not to condemn humanity that was full of sin, but to save the world full of sin. This, this is God's love for us. It's a love that, that we have to respond to. It's a love that when we see it on the cross, we have to do something about it. We, we can't just ignore it. We have to, it causes us to move. That's what we see in our closing passage of today's text, verse 38. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. And at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a tomb. There was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus' body there. What I want you to see in this closing passage here is that Jesus' death draws faith out of the shadows. Out of shadows. I've shared, I may have, I've shared with many people before that I used to take my son on mission trips all the time. And, and one time we were in, uh, down in Tennessee uh, and he was much younger than all the other kids on the trip. Uh, but one of the other leaders had convinced our, our sponsors to, to take us to a waterfall. And we're there, and it seems like it's 50 feet high, but it's probably only 10 or 12, 15 maybe. <clears throat> and we're talking about where to jump and, and how far out we have to jump because there's big rocks everywhere, and, and we don't want to hit them. And, and out of nowhere, my son just comes running through, and off he goes. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, what? What? Did he come up? Yeah, yeah, he came up. Oh my goodness! Taking a, just a flying leap of faith, right? He couldn't wait any longer. We were talking about where to jump and how to jump, and he he told me later. He said, "Dad, y'all were just talking about it. I wanted to jump." That's what we see in Joseph and Nicodemus here in the passage. They just come right out of the shadows and jump right into the scene. I mean, they've been following Jesus for a while. They've been around, they've heard the stories, they, they know what's going on, and, and here they see Jesus on the cross, and, and it moves them in such a way that they have to respond. They have to. I believe that's, that's what the gospel, that's what the, the, the cross does. You can't see it and not respond. You have to either accept it or reject it. You can't, you can't be ambivalent when you see someone who died for you like that. And we don't know how many other people were talking about doing something with the body, but they hadn't moved, begun to move yet, like kind of like we were on the edge of that waterfall. We don't know if, if, if Joseph and Nicodemus hadn't responded, if somebody else would have, because there were others who were about to. I mean, we don't know that, but what we do know, what we do know is that these two men stepped up when it was time. 
that they moved, that they saw Jesus on the cross, and it moved them to respond. I believe that. I believe that's still true. That you can't look at Jesus on the cross. You can't consider Him dying for you and not respond. You can respond in two, you can accept it, or you can deny it. Right? I also believe that if you're hearing these words today, that God is moving in your life to draw you to Him. Because that's what God does. He's always seeking to call His people back to relationship with Him. I believe that if you're worshiping with me today, that God is calling you to look again at the crucifixion. To look again at God's love for you. To look again at the seriousness with which God deals with sin. To look again at how even in death that God provides for those He loves. That God is calling His church out of the shadows. He's calling His people out of the shadows. If you're hearing this message of of Jesus' love and and God's judgment of sin, if you're hearing this and this is fresh to you and is new to you, and you're wondering, like, is this God speaking to me? Yes, yes. God wants you to know that He deals seriously with sin, but He's dealt with it in Christ. He wants to forgive you. And all it takes is for you to trust in what Christ did on the cross. That's it. That's it. Surrender your life to Jesus. To trust Him as your source of forgiveness. Just pray a prayer like this with me. Lord, thank You for forgiving me of my sin. Thank You that, that You that you would allow Your Son to die in my place, God. I don't understand that. I don't know why You would do such a thing after all I've done, but I trust that You did. God, I, I believe what it says in the Scriptures that those who come to You are given a new life. They're given a new way to live. And then you're going to lead us in that life. So Lord, I surrender to you today. I trust you with my life and my death. I love you, God. Amen. If you prayed a prayer like that, I just ask you to to click on that button right here below that says, Yes, today I've dedicated my life to Christ, to following Christ. I've surrendered my life to Jesus. If you today, you... You became a Christian. I want to celebrate with you. I'd love to be able to connect with you and send you some resources and to help you to walk this, this faith life out because I want to tell you that it, it's, it's not easy. But it is a journey. And God never it promises to never leave you nor forsake you. That, that He will lead you. All you have to do is stay close to Him. That we don't have to worry about sin. That He defeated sin. And when we're near to Jesus, sin is not an issue in our lives. When we're taking all of our thoughts to Him, when we're taking all of our our decisions to Him, sin is not an issue. Sin is not an issue because we're looking to live in a way that glorifies God. So that's how Jesus defeats sin in our life. I pray that you you follow up on that today. All you have to do is just send me an email. If you click on that button there, fill out the form there, that that connection card that's there, and uh, just let me know a way I can get in touch with you. I'd love to be able to encourage you and equip you in your walk with Jesus. I'm excited for you, for sure. There are many others who are gathered here today who are part of our church who, who may feel like they're kind of like uh, Joseph and Nicodemus. Who you've been following Jesus for a while, and, and, but, but you've kind of been in the background. You've kind of been in the shadows. And you, you, you've seen Jesus on the cross, and now it's time, you, you believe that it might be time for you to step out of the shadows. It might be time for you to respond, in a way, to Jesus' sacrificial love for you. 
you may be wondering, like, what, how do I do that? I, I want to do that. And I want to say, do it like Joseph and Nicodemus. Do it now. Don't wait. So one thing you can do, we're going to start on Monday. We're going to begin to put together some, some boxes of promise that we can deliver to people here in our community who've been quarantined by the doctors. People who have uh, who've come in contact with those who are infected. Their doctors have told them that you need to stay inside and stay away from others for at least two weeks. So what we're going to start to do is we're going to deliver uh, sanitary, sanitized uh, boxes of, 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 of promise just so people will know that they're not alone, that God is with them, God is, is watching out for them, and His church is too. That our, His church is going to be it's moving out of the shadows. That we've been scattered, right? We used to gather on Sunday, and now we're scattered in all different places. But that doesn't mean that we, we've lose, lost our impact. If, if anything... It means that our impact has increased. So if you'd like to be a part of that, if you feel like you're a, you're a Joseph or a Nicodemus, that, that it's time to, to move out of the shadows, I want to pray for you. Excuse me. I want to pray for you. If you feel like you're a Joseph or a Nicodemus, then I want to pray for you. It's time to move out of the shadows, like Nicodemus, like Joseph. Then let me pray for you. God, we saw what you did in two regular men. You used them. You worked in their life to move them and to grow them up in their faith in a moment when they saw you on the cross. Lord, do that in us. Use us as your church. Move us out into the world. <coughs> Move us, Lord. Those of us who've been following you for a long time. Maybe for some of us, we've been in the shadows. God, pull us out. Set us like a light on the hill for all to see, Lord. We're not going to hide the light. We're not going to hide in the darkness. We're not going to hide in the shadows. We're going to be bold. For those of you who are praying that prayer today, God, I just want to praise God that for many of you who are going to, who are moving forward, so I, I praise the Lord for that, that, that we are going to be a force in this community, a force for good. So, praise God. Glad you joined us for worship. Would you join me in our benediction today as we send each other out? We're already out. We're scattered, right? We're already out. But join me in our benediction, if you would. Life is much more than an accident. Wherever I go, I believe God needs me there. Wherever I am, I trust that God has put me there. That He has a purpose for me being there. And that purpose, Christ alive in me, wants to do something through me no matter where I am. I believe this, and I go in His grace, and His love, and His power. Amen? God bless you all. Have a great week. Be safe. Be healthy. And if you can, join us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, there's a link on our charge calendar. Uh, for a prayer service, Tuesday and Thursday night, where we just gather to pray. Uh, no rules. Uh, we're asking people from our community. So if you have other friends from other churches, send the link to them and ask them to join us too. As many as we can get together to pray together, that would be fantastic. So uh, let's become a praying people during all this. Tuesday and Thursday night at 7 o'clock, we use Google Meet. Uh, it's an easy way to do it. Just uh, log in, click on the link on the calendar, and it will help you uh, get to all the resources that you need to do that. You can also call in. Uh, there's a number there in the calendar link, uh, or you may need to ask somebody how you can to get you the phone number that you can call in uh, and participate as well.